I feel so distant. If you are a big God, you're all-knowing, all-present, all-powerful, how come your power isn't manifested? Why don't you rescue my husband? Don't you heal him? Don't you love me? Don't you love him? Don't you love my son? So you could not, I could not relate to a God who, to me, he chose not to rescue my husband because he can. He, he can. So it's like, you must be willing and able. You are able, but are you unwilling? So it's very hard to get close to someone whom you know can do but won't do. That's how I perceive God. Welcome to the River Life Podcast. As part of our series on family, we'll be having conversations with different guests to dig into real-life issues that we all face concerning family, marriage, and parenting. And we hope these conversations will resource and equip you to thrive in your family life. I'm Ernie. And I'm Josh. And this is The River Life Podcast. So Ernie, it is my turn now to fire <laughs> questions at you because you always okay. put me on the spot. Okay. Um, so I thought today I'm going to ask you a question. Sure. If you had a bucket list of mm. places you would like to visit with your wife yep. before you die, yep. give me three places. And uh, Jasmine better be listening so that you can, <laughs> she can book tickets. Number one, uh, I'll definitely want to go to Hawaii. Again, haven't you been? Okay, yeah, yeah I've been oh. once. Yeah, I really love that place. I've been once. Your yeah, honeymoon for my spot, honeymoon. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. So yeah, it, it's it's such a Pastor beautiful place. Pastor in a grass skirt. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Just joking. Uh, number two, uh, I love to be able to go to, uh, I think maybe Greece. Wow! Yeah, hey, I've never I'll been see Greece. That. That's on uh, Shalom and my bucket list. Oh, as well. serious? Uh, I've yeah, never a trip together. I've never been to Europe. Oh wow! Yeah, I've never been to Europe. Yeah. And lastly, I think definitely we'll go to Moa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, with us today, we have a very special guest, uh, and I'm really excited to get to hear her story. Yeah. Uh, also, because right before we started, I discovered that she was born in Penang. Yes. Woo, Penang Woo. represent. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so we know that she loves good food and actual chakwetiao, which is not sweet. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> but our guest is uh, Lim Po Hong, and she has been leading We Care since 2017. Uh, it's an organization that has been offering support to widows for over 22 years. Wow. So welcome so much. Uh, welcome, to, welcome. Welcome so much. <laughs> welcome to uh, our podcast, Po Hong. Thank you for taking the time to be here with us. Yep. Thank you. What an honor privilege to be invited to join you for this podcast yeah. I'm really looking forward to you we to, to this yeah. we are too you know yeah. maybe we can just jump right in and could you tell us a bit about uh, what you do with We Care yeah well what We Care does is we really reach out to the widows and the yep. fatherless children and um, we have been around for, like you said, 20... Actually, it's registered since tw uh, 24 years ago. Oh, wow. At that time, the founder, Joyce Lai, actually was in church and she saw a vision, a word, widow amongst widows. Wow. And soon God connected her with, to another lady, Joan Sui. And so together, they registered We Care. 
Now, we can essentially reach out to the widow. So when they come, we will assess them to check whether they have financial needs, emotional needs, or if they are all right, then we will pair them up with a befriender, mm. a widow befriender. So it's a community of support. So now our services have uh, increased to one-to-one counselling, group therapy, and befriending. And of course, the usual year year uh, activities in the year, like Christmas, like yep. uh, Mother's Day, and so on. Yeah. And we also uh, have groups like subgroups where we have widows with young children, widows with grown children, mm. widows without kids, and Chinese speaking, just so that we can better uh, meet their needs. Wow, that's mm. so good. We have about yeah. 850 widows in our midst, wow, wow, a thousand a children in our database, what a, wow, and wow. a staff of seven. That's wow. amazing. I think that's it's it's stunning because you know James 1 27 talks about this. It says religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this to visit orphans and widows in their affliction. And I think you know a lot of times we we talk about it and we um, you know we hear sermons about it, but to mm. see and to hear. Uh, an organization like We Care doing this, you know, I, I, I'm excited to unpack even more. But yeah. uh, before we even jump into that, maybe, uh, Pohong, would you be willing to share with us a bit of your story? Mm. Um, how, yeah, just walk us through your journey. We'd love sure, to hear. Yeah. Well, my husband passed away in 1999 and he was first diagnosed with lung cancer. That's 1997. And uh, we went to the US for treatment and... Mm. Uh, and all that. <laughs> and so three years later, he passed away. So at that time, our son, only child, was only 13. And mm. those days, I was like very looking at life as something that should be predictable. So I used to make five-year plans, you know, what will we be doing in five mm. years, 10 Same. years, and so <laughs> <laughs> Thinking that life should go have a pattern. And even when my husband was sick and uh, and, uh, and then passed on, I was still trying, my whole orientation was still trying to get back to that mm. uh, predicted, mm. predictable pattern. Yep. But I was so wrong, I was so wrong that, yep. you know, I forgot that there is grief, this element of grief is totally unexpected. It, you just, it comes at you. Mm. So, yeah, it's been a very, very difficult time when he passed away. And then, I mean, things only started to improve with time. But in the beginning, I was so was lost. Tough, yeah. yeah. Mm. How long were you guys married? Um, yeah. Twenty years. Twenty yeah. years. Twenty wow. years. Yeah. Wow. And maybe you can share with us what were some of the emotions that you went through uh, the moment the diagnosis came out that uh, this was cancer, mm. and then uh, subsequently when he passed on, what were some of the things that you went through emotionally? Yeah. I think in the beginning I was quite unaware. So nowadays, I'll use the word blur, which is good <laughs> in the sense that it protected me. Mm. So I wasn't fearful because I don't go around reading up or talking to friends or what it's like. But I remember one day I saw in the newspaper a picture of someone looking frail and thin and gaunt. And I, and that is the person is in don't know what stage of his cancer and used to. And, and that bothered me. And I was remembering mm. asking my pastor, will my husband be like that? And mm. I, I can't remember his answer, but something like, well, well, you know, we don't need to talk about it then. But those things started, you know, like coming to my mind. And But mostly I was more busy trying to go to the US with my 
my husband because he was educated in the US. So he has friends and he wanted to go there for treatment. And because my son was in a school, so we have to make arrangements for him to be taken care of. So mm. I was busy doing all that. It is only much later than, you know, the as I saw him losing weight and all that, that, you know, all these things started coming to me. But in the beginning, it was a little bit blur. Yeah. Mm, mm. Miss, you didn't have uh, a lot of time and space to process things yet. As That's right. At, yeah. at the beginning. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay, then what happened after the treatment and then we know he passed on? Mm. Yeah. So what, what happened to you at the moment of the passing? I really can't remember what I did. So I have a helper who was with me at that time. And recently, we, she came back to help me. And I asked her, do you remember what I did? She said, no, you're always in your room. Mm. <laughs> As I think back, yeah, I remember taking out all the records mm. I used to keep. Because I was looking after my husband. He was bedridden. Mm. I needed to give him oxygen injection at regular intervals. Wow. So I was going through the records. What if I'd given him oxygen at this time or injection at that time? I may have prolonged his life. Mm. You know, I kept going through all those steps. And I mean, I, I can't rationalize it now, but I kept doing that. Mm. And I remember taking a picture that we took when he was in the second uh, visit to the US. He went for the experimental drug and it, it didn't work. So, but before then, we took a, a picture and when I came back, I, I took that picture, went to Photoshop, asked him to please zoom in on his face. Mm. I just wanted to see, you know, what was he, he thinking? Was he happy? Then, then bring back again, zoom in on the eyes. <laughs> was he smiling? Mm. All this, you know, no logic, but it's something that uh, preoccupied me. Yeah. Yeah. I think mm. it's something I went through. Mm. Um, so it's, it's those things. And also I got upset with when things break down because my husband is the the decision maker at home mm. and he's a talkative one if we go to <laughs> social functions he's the one doing the talking now just quietly let him do all the talking mm. so when he passed away a lot of things I was at a loss mm. if the mm. oven breaks down I wouldn't know what to do the auto gate couldn't couldn't close wow. I don't know what to do car broke down I was at a loss it made me feel so helpless mm. you know and it's very uncomfortable it's like everything becomes a major challenge so yeah those were the very very difficult days and I also looking back since I was so preoccupied with my own emotions and the frustrations of not being able to to function properly at home I, I actually neglected my son he was 13 mm. what, what's your son's up? name Linus Linus, Linus. Linus. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting and um, I, I think he spent his time he obviously had the grief because only child he worshipped the daddy mm. and he also didn't know what to do with his own emotions so he started playing computer mm. so that's how he occupied himself so looking mm. back there were many things I did not do right yeah mm. Mm. do you want to share a little bit about that like uh, your relationship with Linus and, and how that that's developed Mm. I'm um, well. Those days were tumultuous in the sense wow. that while he played computer, he would sleep late and couldn't go up, get up to go to school. And that's when I would like step in and take charge, uh, will force him to go to school and mm. so on. So our relationship full of conflicts because there I was trying to force him to do something. He didn't want to do. His emotions were not addressed. He's trying to cope. He by was trying doing to cope. Yeah. And you're yeah. also trying to cope. I with, was trying. Yeah. 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 And mm. I just assumed that when he did not listen to me, he's being rebellious. Wow. When mm. actually he was just trying to cope. Mm. 
So yeah, our relationship was not good, and I think. Until slowly, slowly, a lot of things happened through the years, and I think finally God brought me through a path where I had no choice but to get close to God, and mm. through then He helped mm. and He reconciled our relationship. Wow. So wow. my son now is father of two. Wow! wow. So your grandmother? Yes, and one wow. of them is Joshua. <laughs> oh, wow! I, I like I like that name. It's a great name. Yes. <laughs> That's that's amazing. Um, what was what was that? You you mentioned that the Lord brought you uh, that you came to this point of breakthrough. Mm. Uh, what was that point for you? It's a gradual process. Looking mm. back, I wish God has accelerated everything. Yeah. But He knew me. He knew that because those days I was working uh, in uh, MNCs and I was doing well. So it's almost like a Ni Changlen. I was doing well. I career conscious. And uh, and my husband was supportive of me, so that helped me, or really that in a sense made me very focused on on work. Mm. And I had to change all the way from being a professional to someone like a, a mother with mm. a heart. So I was using my mind, and oh. I had to change to using my heart. So mm. God really like had a lot of work to do, and He brought me through the years. Mm. But because it's like through circumstances, yeah. first we. We went overseas for my son's uh, high school, oh, so I mm. didn't have any friends. I have no choice, no choice. I went to church, and then I had time, and I I studied the Bible. Mm. I remember waking up early mm. to just go through the Bible to read, to memorize. I'll attend church. I'll write the notes furiously. Mm. Where did Where did you guys go? Uh, we went to Perth. Perth, mm. okay, yeah. Mm. So it is a gradual process. I see. I wish it could be accelerated, but I'm just glad he finally brought us through. How long was that period uh, from the moment you guys started grieving up to the point when there was reconciliation? How long was that? Quite process? long, quite long. Um, my son is now 36. Mm. When his daddy passed away, he was 13. 13 yes. So it's a long time. And when we were away in Perth, uh, we just the two of us, so we have to get close to each other. So yep. initially, a lot of conflicts because we're just not there yet, mm. but slowly have to work things through. Mm. And I think the maybe breakthrough came when he married. Oh. <laughs> this girl is ah, beautiful. She's a, a loving girl and she's oh. a beautiful bridge between wow. my son and I. Wow. Yeah. So I think through the years, she's always helping us like interpret my intention to my son, interpret his intention to me, mm. and slowly we got to understand each other. Wow, so it's so a good. long process, and I would say it took probably 10, 15 years. Wow. Yeah. If you could, like, you know, say something to, or if you could go back in mm. time, knowing what you know now, mm. um, and, you know, knowing that. Linus was going through whatever he was going through at the age of 13, you know, and, and not just that, like he's entering into his teenage years, mm. right? And that's when, you know, like young people, we go through all these things like what, you know, who am I? You know, what's the meaning of life? Yeah. And, you know, and, mm. and just a lot of struggle with identity and stuff like that. And, and you're going through whatever you're going through. But knowing what you know now, like what do you think would be a way for you to kind of journey with him and support him. Yeah. I think my experience actually informed me mm. that when I volunteered at We Care, I was very keen to be sure that our children are helped. Mm. And I remember in the early days when I heard widows coming to me and say, oh, my daughter, she's so rebellious. It's all wow. her fault. Wow. And I would mm. talk to her and counsel her and always help her to see, them to see things from the other perspective. And I always ask, imagine 
how would you look to your daughter? You know, imagine if you were in your daughter's eyes, what does she see? Mm. You know, imagine an angry mother or grumpy wow. mother. Mm. So, but I wanted them to see a different perspective, to also know that children do grieve. Yep. And no matter how young, actually, it's just how they express. Mm. And, as, and and Josh, you made a good point. Ad- adolescents, they were going through all those hormonal changes. They can't help themselves. Mm. So on top of that, you superimpose grief. Yes. yes. And and even even now, some children were saying, telling their moms, when their dads pass away, don't tell my friends, don't tell my teachers, mm. because they might laugh at me. Oh, wow. So mm. they interpret being different as might be become rejected. Mm. So that's why I like your values here. Mm. Embrace differences. Yes. Yeah. So all these things are so critical in the early years of grief. Mm. Yeah. Mm. You mentioned um, that when you started volunteering with WeCare, how did you hear about WeCare? How okay. did you get connected to my this? pastor, who 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 was counseling me? Then one day he told me, you know, there's this organization for widows and fatherless children. Those days they only have a fax number. So I have to mm-hmm. fax over and wait patiently <laughs> for them to call. Fax. What's a fax? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So when I finally got connected to them, that was mm. the Joyce Lai and Joan Sui. And I started attending the functions. I was like amazed that, oh, they all look happy, mm. radiant. And smiling is totally incongruent with the image of widowhood, you know, yeah. in my mind. And the way mm. I felt, everything so black and white and grey. And I all mean, of them were widows. All widows. Yeah. And they were so nice and warm towards me. But it because of that, hope bubbled up within me. And mm. I said, okay, one day I could be like you, you know, mm. looking happy and smiling and radiant. Mm. So And slowly, I also brought my son to attend the talks. Oh, wow. mm. And one day after a gathering, he told me, Mama, I now know I'm not alone. Wow. And that resonated with me because that's exactly how I felt. And it is also then that I realized, oh, children can grieve. They will experience pain too. Mm. And they also have questions that they cannot answer. Mm. What's a practical way for someone? I mean, I'm, I'm imagining that there are many people in the same boat as you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean, I, I know some young uh, wives who have lost their husbands and, you know, have young kids and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, what's something practical that they can do to to help their children uh, through this? Because you're right, you know, I think we talk a lot about the grief of losing a spouse, but yep. we often don't talk about that grief of, you know, a children losing a parent, you know, yep. like, uh, yeah, what, what, what's some practical handles? What are some mm. things we can do? I'm looking at, you know, the airline, they will always say when the oxygen level drops, you you put it on your on you yeah. first, <laughs> then your child. Oh, and I, use, I used to fight that. Yeah. How can? But it's so practical. Wow. So in the same way, I think the mother must be to help herself first. Wow, because so when good. you are moody and you are full of hurts and pain, you, you, yeah, yeah. You, you may try, but your vibe, they will all sense it. Wow. Then mm. the mom is in in distress. So try and help yourself. And of course, how do we help yourself? Then I would say um, in a family, if you have support system, good. If you need support system outside, you can look for friends or we care. I would say come to we care. Mm. Look for us and that's where we can extend help. It can of be course. their oxygen mask. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, nowadays we have churches starting widow support group. Mm. 
and that's good. So then they have friends. You need a community that is mm. accepting. Yeah. And once they have, then you will look out and then your children can, can be helped. Because I know there are mothers who are quite emotionally strong. In fact, one mother, young mother was sharing with me that after her husband passed away one, and she got three kids, one day they decided to go and see a movie. Mm. They went, they bought extra tickets for the husband and brought his picture along. Oh. And I thought that was so good that it showed that the mom is emotionally stable mm. and healthy and she could bring her children along. So it's like, that's what, you know, moving forward together. Mm. Mm. So in, in We Care, we also have uh, young mothers with young children. So that is another group that they can join. I see, mm. I see. Can I just bring you back to that time when I think your husband passed on? Yeah. Um, you know, I think one of the things that uh, people who lose their husbands, right, I think they go through that struggle with God. Mm. Yeah, so I think a lot of times the church... A lot of members, because we have not gone through that ourselves, we, we struggle to understand the world of a person who has just lost a spouse or even lost some a loved one. So was there moments where you really struggle with God, where you say, no, God, this is not fair. You know, mm. Where are the promises about healing, the abundant life, restoration? We prayed to you, but nothing has happened and now my husband is gone. Mm. Uh, what? Yeah, Was there a struggle for you during Definitely, that definitely. Yeah. Even when he was sick, I was already struggling that I feel so distant. If you are a big God, you're all-knowing, all-present, all-powerful, how come your power isn't manifested? Why don't you rescue my husband? Don't you mm. heal him? Don't you love me? Don't you love him? Don't you love my son? Mm. So you could not, I could not relate to a God who, to me, he chose not to rescue my husband mm. because he can. Yeah. He, he can. So it's like, you must be willing and able. You are able, but are you unwilling? Mm. So it's very hard to get close to someone whom you know can do but won't do. That's how I perceive God. Mm. And the good thing is I never walk away from Him, even though I was a young Christian. And I, it's just that you just sense the, the distance between me and Him, that mm. you are there but you are not with me. I didn't feel that intimacy. Mm. Until slowly, friends will bring me to BSF, bring me to Christian uh, uh, talks, mm. and I was surprised that the words became to be, the words jump up at me, and mm. oh, so I started paying attention and would write notes furiously, mm. and mm. so it's like slowly, slowly, all these things helped me to grow closer to God, and I think our relationship was restored over time. How, how, how do you know that you are actually progressing and you're getting better? Mm. What are some of the signs that, uh, let's say someone that's lost a spouse, you know, mm. and they're struggling, the same struggle as you, you struggle about God, mm. you know, uh, why didn't you rescue my husband and all that? What are some of the signs or things to work towards so that you know that you are progressing? No matter what, you must get close to God through His words. Mm. If it means you cannot read the word, you can only follow hymns or music, then do so. Mm. A friend gave me this idea. She said, when you're singing along and sometimes you just can't sing the words, you just read out the words. But wow. it's just get close. You know, mm. it's like don't give up, but do what you can. And, and some, if you listen, so you, it's like immerse yourself in His Word, mm. no matter how, whether mm. you listen or you, you, you read and whether you memorize, you meditate, but mm. you immerse yourself and the rest would follow. So mm. I need not look for outcome, it will come. Mm. And I will find that when I, I, I don't ask the question, 
uh, I will ask those questions less and less. Mm. Why are you not here? Why are you not answering? I will. I ask less and less mm. because then I begin to know. Someday you will tell me. In fact, I'm mm. so sure when I see God face to face, wow. I won't bother to ask. Yeah. I'll be so full of joy. I won't bother. It's okay. Everything is answered. Yeah. yeah, I think that's so important because uh, like what you mentioned, you know, continue to go back to God's word, continue mm. to have the relationship like you have the BSF. <coughs> mm. I think there's talks and all that they go to because I think <coughs> for us humans, right, a lot of times God's word really comes alive when we are at our lowest. Mm. Yeah, and it's during the time of uh, I think suffering, the time of the path of suffering that we take, that's when we can either choose to to know God at a much deeper level, or we can choose to move away from God. Yeah, yeah. So I think when we choose to continue to pursue God, right, you realize that you you know God in such a way that no other season of your life you can actually know God in that way. That's yeah, right, I think yeah. that has been a, a, a lesson in my life as well. That I think the closest I've ever felt to God was in the moment of my greatest suffering in life, la. Yeah. <laughs> so unfortunately, yeah, yeah, unfortunately, yeah. So I think suffering really brings out um, an aspect of God that you can't really know in other seasons of your life. Mm, yeah. yeah, yeah, I fully agree. And <clears throat> this whole thing about uh, having the Word of God in you, I'm thinking about Colossians three uh, sixteen, where Paul actually says uh, that to let the word of Christ dwell richly in mm. you. Yeah. And I feel like there's, like, I, I love what you you suggested, you know, or your friend that uh, if you can't sing <coughs> at that point, you know, because, you know, singing requires, like, you, you sing when you're happy, yeah. Uh, yeah. right? You know, mm. you, you sing when there's an overflow. Um, and I know I know friends who are journeying through uh, incredible incredible loss and uh, pain in this season. And mm. uh, a friend who's a worship leader, and he he told me, you know, for the past three months he's not able to sing. Mm. You know, and and it's almost like these seasons of pain and um, suffering kind of rob you of that joy and that the ability to sing. But I love that suggestion mm. that you had. You know, like when you can't sing, read the words. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because mm. there is truth in that. And yeah, and so I, I I think about how the word of God is life. It's living. It's active. Amen. Right. Yeah. And yeah. so even mm. in that space of declaring the word of God, speaking truth over your heart, over your mind, you may not feel it. You may not want to sing it. But mm. it's it's almost like a, a a spiritual act of worship, or it's that 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 spiritual warfare that you're doing right mm. to to speak those things over your heart and i think that's that's such a practical thing that that our listeners can can do uh, in that season you've been listening to our conversation with bohong and her journey through widowhood Losing a spouse or a loved one is one of the most difficult things in life. How do we journey through grief in a healthy way? And what is the role of spiritual community in weeping with those who weep? Join us in our next session as we continue our conversation with Pohong. Hong.